Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Ass paddlers, piss drinkers, humiliated sissies, and other SM kinkos. This is Cyberboom Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike, and joining me are my fellow freaks, AJ and John, you degenerates. How are you going? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't keep uh, it in. He was the pissing so, He got did me. so good. <laughs> now, I actually wanted to start this show off with a casual Heil Hitler, but my wife <gasps> seemed to think it was still a bit too soon. Too soon. What's your read on are that? Are you. <laughs> Well, are you allowed to look? I'm, I'm up for whatever. But are you allowed to Heil Hitler on a podcast or audio only podcast? Or are you, like, did, can they get you for that or I, I, yet? I'd say so. Like, if they, like, what if, what if I just think it and I don't do it? Google will get you for that. Well, you know, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to know what the deal is now because we've spent so much time on the trans thing. You know, you're literally Hitler if you misgender someone. You know. So can I at least tap my heels together in jest? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like the the Wicked Witch? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, just just for context, dear listener, uh, this is for The Night Porter, 1974. Liliana Cavani directs. Um, Ricky has a lot of questions about... um, Nazi-themed questions, (laughs) I think. So we'll we'll get into those as as we go. So, uh, this when did did you guys just just watch this movie? Yes. Yeah. So you've no time to process. Uh, I've I watched it twice this week. I watched it one and a half times today. (laughs) Yeah. So this fresh. Now, um, yeah. What 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 do we say? I mean, did did what under what circumstances did we watch this movie? What do you mean? <laughs> Not a trick question. <laughs> I watched it. Did at you watch home. it alone? Oh, I watched right. it with my wife. My wife didn't finish it. Actually, she had to go and do something else. So I had to just tell her how it ended. She just had to fill in the rest. Yeah, I just had to tell. So her you go, oh, what happened? Yeah. What happened in the end? You go. Oh, oh just they died yeah. and they got killed. And, and then, oh, okay. Frank's like, this is fucking oh, yeah. boring. <laughs> 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 And I said, well, at least it isn't weird. <laughs> it kind of is weird, though. It is weird, but it's not... Uh, but not Zardo's yeah, weird. Right. Yeah. This is more like so it's, it's <laughs> Schindler's List weird. Yes, well, anyway, I watched it on a Saturday Arvo. Not really a Saturday Arvo movie. Uh, so, yeah, it was tough going. Had my daughter on my chest. Uh, and it was... Um, yeah, it was, um, it was heavy. heavy <laughs> the Night Porter. A strong man. <laughs> A weak man. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. A clever man. If I were rich, I'd hire you to do everything for me. Would you? No. You were always insane, and you still are. Sane, insane then. Hmm. Who's the judge? A desperate man. So they can't take you away? The night porter. His world, his 
his friends. Sicherheit! Sicherheit! His enemies. His secret. I have a reason for working at night. It's the light. I have a sense of shame in the light. The night porter. She's to 42. She's waiting for you. The past. The present. The passion. The fear. The police came. They're looking for Frau Atherton. Tell me what you talked about. What you said to each other! Dirk Bogard. Charlotte Rampling. The Night Porter. Well, why don't, why don't you tell us what the hell this movie's about? Okay, all right. So the story is set in 1957 at a hotel in Vienna where we meet Max, played by Dirk Bogard. He's the night porter of, of, of the title. So when an American orchestra conductor and his gorgeous wife, Lucia, played by Charlotte Rampling, check in one day at the hotel, there is an unmistakable sense of recognition between the pair, between Max and Lucia, that is. We learn through flashback that Lucia and Max had their first charming encounter during the war. She was a teenager confined to a concentration camp, and good old Max was one of her Nazi captors. And as the flashbacks unfold, we also learn that Max spared Lucia and and gave her favourable treatment in exchange for sexual favours. Uh, their relationship develops into a bizarre sadomasochistic one as they perform kinky and dangerous games for one another, culminating in a scene in which Lucia dances topless, Salome-like in in SS garb. So back in the present, uh, uh, Max is involved with a few of his ex-Nazi chums in a project to keep their wartime activities secret and to track down and silence witnesses. A Nazi collaborator named Mario knows knows Lucia is still alive, and in order to keep this a secret, Max murders him. Lucia's cuck husband leaves on business, clearing the decks for Max and Lucia to pick up where they left off. It's just like old times, laughing, crying, and Nazi kink are to be in love. Uh, But Max... But Max has been spied by one of the youths who works at the hotel, unfortunately. At the same time, Max's old colleagues are keen to hold some kind of mock trial against Max, presumably to make them all selves, make them all feel better about what they've done in the past. And uh, one of them, Fogler, uh, goes to visit Lucia to, to win her over to get uh, evidence against Max. Uh, to get him to testify against uh, Max. Max has actually uh, chained Lucia to the bed to keep her there. And uh, Fogler uh, 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 discovers that, quite simply, she's she's into it. Okay? So that's, you know, that's where that ends. Uh, Max infuriates them all further by refusing to take part in the trial and holding himself up in the apartment with Lucia. He quits his job so he can really focus on the relationship. And uh, then his old mates turn the screws by cutting off the food supply and the electricity. They push on as a couple and enjoy some more psychosexual games before it becomes clear that they're not well. Um, And uh, they're pale as ghosts from malnutrition, among other things. Realizing the hopelessness of the situation, they dress up in their old garb from the camp. She in her negligee and he in his Nazi uniform. And finally, they leave the apartment, taking a nice stroll across a bridge at daybreak before they are gunned down in cold blood. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why would you keep the Nazi uniform if you were were trying to, you know, 
go incognito and and to leave the past behind, you know. Can't pass up a well-made suit. <laughs> <laughs> women women love a man in uniform. Those Nazi <laughs> uniforms are what they are, but they always looked good. You know, they always people had they had a good cut. Mm. True. You know, well so yeah, well tailored. I, I mean, I never saw one that I was like, oh, geez, I could take <laughs> you. never saw one you didn't like. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, you know, I always thought they looked quite snappy. Um, too snappy, That's in true. fact. But look, I don't know why you'd keep it. Um, that is a problem. Uh, I, I, I think that's that sort of, you know, that's that's not good. Um, I've got a couple of big, big, big sky questions. You know, here's one just quickly. I, it's a quick answer. You don't have to go into it too much. I, do, I always bring this up, but I need to know. Don't Do you think this movie would be different if Charlotte Rampling had bigger titties? Yes. She looked like an eight-year-old boy in that dance scene. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if she had, like, like an amazing breast, that where you go, oh my god, oh god, that what a great pair of boobs. Like, if that and if, if that was what going on, do you think this whole movie would people would just go? It would have a different, be more fun because you can't have her on the cover. Well, no, because the thing is, it'd push it more into porno territory, wouldn't it? Well, your words. I don't. I'm just asking. You're just fishing. I'm just as I've, as I've said. She's got Euro mm. bosoms. Mm. Yeah, and Euro art house bosoms, and that's why it works. So anyway, that's that's all I'm saying. About that. <laughs> the second question is: It's set in 1957. All I could think is in Vienna. Then it looks the city looks amazing and, and everything. But I wondered in 1957. It's not when the film was shot. When it was when it was set, obviously. Do you think the world stunk more? Oh. Yes. In 1957. I definitely would have, yeah. Because I look, you always look at those, like you look at it and you go, oh, look, you know, even the cleanest person and the cleanest place, how clean was it? <laughs> the hotel did look a little bit old and mouldy. Mm. So That's why I bring yeah. it up. It did. It's, it looks like it's got, because you remember, we've talked about the, the, uh, the Art Deco Cinema, uh, um, the Astor, mm. in Melbourne a few times. And... Um, that was that's an old building, like you know, from the what the 30s or whatever. And yeah, you go in the bathrooms there, and that's a, that's a that stinks. Yeah, mm. you can't really. It's it's a place that you can never really get clean. No, <laughs> no, it's got it's got 80 yeah. years yeah. of yeah. filth. And Europe is a filthy mm. place, and it's mm. old and got a history. And I just it just occurred to me because it looked because the movie has got this wonderful, wonderfully drab color palette, yep. and yeah, all these locations. Add to that cigarette smoke as well. That, you know, mm. the dart smoke yeah. and just everything looked dirty. Like when we went back to Max's house, his apartment, it was grubby. There was like fingerprints on every fingerprints on everything, like dirty smudge prints on everything. Mm. And you're just like, wow. Max. So, so they're your big two, two big scar questions, are they? Titties, filth. Well, I like it. <laughs> I, I think so. I didn't want to get you know. I can go into some of the other stuff, but that was the. <laughs> that was the main stuff. The main, <laughs> main stuff I had. Well, for, for me, I, I had two 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 big questions that we might talk about now. Um, is this film a highbrow art house film or a sleazy exploitation film? And my other big question is: is is how are we supposed to feel about the two main characters? Are, are we supposed to be rooting for them? So mm. I think they're two That's kind of confusing things that that might be why the film is is good. Is because it's confusing and ambiguous mm. in that way. Mm. Well, the first things first. You, you asked whether it's exploitation or not, or you know, I think um, we need to we need to consult the chubbyometer <laughs> and and b- basically, however much of a chubby you had, 
um, it's probably veering towards um, uh, not. (laughs) 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 Like sometimes there's crossover where you go, oh, wow, that's Mm. hot. But normally Art House has, you know, problematic chubbies, weird chubbies, unfortunate chubbies. And I feel like this. I I think if there were chubbies to be had, they were unfortunate ones. They were. They were definitely. No, look, I, but it's a good question uh, in terms of we, we've, we've talked about this before in different contexts. And yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I mean, you can get into it, reviews later, I suppose, or some of the reactions. And uh, what, what is exploitation? I mean, uh, if this is an exploitation film, uh, I don't think it, it's a very mm-hmm. good exploitation film. Because You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Like, I've seen proper Nazi exploitation, as they call it, like Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS, for example, films like that. And that's where you really see the difference. Like that movie is um, gore in, uh, infested and, you know, really. Yeah. And actually, I think all the women, it's funny, you, you made fun of me with the titties question, but all the women in yeah. Ilsa are buxom. So so that's so a normal, you know, uh, your bricks and mortar Nazi exploitation has only buxom women, really. And it's 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 sort of built on this, this, this cute, I don't know, the, the joy of human cruelty. Like you're just watching people get tortured and bosoms <laughs> and the rest of it. And uh, this is something else. This is un- wildly uncomfortable. Maybe it leads into your second question. But AJ, what, what do you reckon? Is this an exploitation um, film? No, it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like as just a film? As a film? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can probably talk about that. Probably talk about that um, because maybe just uh, your your yeah. Well, how, how we're supposed to feel about these two main characters? Are we rooting for them? Yeah, you know that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like I think so. Like like you you do on some level want them to be together. I think because they've got something. They've got more than the, in common than the, mm. the husband and she. They got more heat, and we're drawn to heat. Like even when it's not good. Like we're still like on some level like oh man they've got a hot they've got an attraction and we want them to be together on that level, um, but when you think about it rationally in yeah. the situation they've come out of it obviously that's mm. I mean, it's not ideal yeah because I mean, when you, you think know. about you know the kind of things that that uh, that Max did in the concentration camp you know mm. it's implied that he was doing medical experiments and stuff like that for Charlotte Rampling's character it's like. Um, I guess the way she was able to survive in the camp was by, you know, sexual favours and, and, and whether or not they had a true attraction to begin with or not, but I guess it grew into that or it grew into this weird kind of S&M thing going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, w- women who, uh, when the war ended, women who had gone with Nazi officers, even ones that weren't in, in say, concentration camps, ones that, that slept with them and, and went out with them during the war, they were all rounded up, their heads were all shaved, so that everyone knew that they were women who had oh, slept right. with Nazis. So this this oh, happened wow. in my in my grandmother's village in, in Holland at the end of the war. They rounded up all the women and they hated them. Any woman that that that, that went that way and you know, dated dated a German officer or whatever or slept with them, they were like they were like hmm. dirt. You know, oh, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because people people would view that as how could how you know how could you mm. how could you sleep with 
you know, and I guess in the concentration camp, she may not have, you know, had any choice in that. No, like, that's right. You know, being raped or whatever. But mm. she seems fairly complicit Oh, early but again, I think it's the age thing too is yeah. why mm. she's so, like, because when thing, when she's developing or whatever and then she that's probably the first guy she slept with, all of that kind of plays into it too. If she was a bit older, maybe things would have been different. Yeah, well, it, this is a fascinating thing, and I think I've got I got a little excerpt from the Guardian. I was going to read it out. Yeah, I love these Guardian reviews of these these interesting movies because again, that place is so one eyed that yeah. I'm fascinated that it even gets written. You mm. know, uh, but this person has has written a review, uh, and they have said. Uh, Cavani has described the relationship between Max and Lucia as, quote, beautiful. Uh, in what way? Quote, uh, there was an attraction which marked, marked Lucia for life, she says. When she and Max meet again, the flame has not faded. She was very young and disoriented by him. She was bowled over. She believed he desired her for who she was. And despite everything, there was sincerity in his feelings. In its own way, theirs is a romantic relationship, close quote, uh, I confess to her that I can't share this view of the film. Lucia was a child when they met. I've got to do my Guardian voice. Uh, she was abused, exploited, terrified. How, how can what she feels for Max be love? Cavani smiles patiently. Quote, we mustn't generalize. Cupid shoots his arrows in random directions and these two must have been struck. If Cupid's arrow hits you, there is nothing you can do. Let's be honest. Nobody can really define love. Um, close quote. Uh, a crackling video call conducted through an interpreter may not be the best way to debate the nuances of abuse and control. So I can, uh, so I ask Giles later uh, what she makes of Cavani's comments. Quote, I'm with you on your reading of the relationship, she says, but I do understand what Liliana is saying. She's found a language with which to describe her work. She's a provocateur and there's an energy which allows her to take on that sort of material. If Liliana saw it as a story of abuse rather than romance, it would look completely different. It wouldn't have Charlotte Rampling slithering around. She would be lying on the floor weeping and covered in sores. <laughs> so, that's a <laughs> lot to react to there. I, I think it's interesting, like, you, you, you kind of see uh, the Euro sensibility versus, you know, what what was this, Guardian UK or Guardian Australia? Uh, it would have been the UK. Yeah, but even still, like... Ryan Gil Gilby is the name of the author, just in case anyone wants to know. Yeah, I think I think it shows a little bit of a divide there between, say, Italy and France. But have you seen the, and... wo uh, you seen the work Jitsu, though? Like, trying yeah. to get, like, like desperate, like, you, you know... Desperately trying to ruin her career, desperately trying to gotcha, desperately trying to destroy her, the film, everyone involved. Like, what? Why? You know, the the, the questions that are being asked are so are so obvious. And she is a master. Like, mm. I, and only only an, only an Italian. Like, you know, maybe it's the the language barrier as well. Mm. Like, when would you be able to get away with saying we mustn't generalize? Cupid shoots arrows. Like, you should be able to say, um, this is in a documentary. Um, mm. It's a piece of art, and yeah. you know, it's like, oh, oh, uh, the bit, the nuances of abuse and control. And it's like, well, she loved it. She loved it. She was. She it doesn't matter. She loved it. And it's my, it's my movie, and she loved it. And you go, oh, oh, what do you mean she loved it? And you go, well, she loved it. And I'm, well, no, she didn't. She didn't. Well, she did. She did. I'm telling you, she did. She did yeah. actually. Because I wrote it. the story too. Yeah. Because I wrote the story. In this film, she, she loved it. it. In this film, she loved it. Um, In your film, it's not real. It's not real. And it's far more interesting that she did. She was an, 
she was an adult, yes, notionally playing a child, but she wasn't a child. So I guess whatever you're going to have to deal with, I know you've probably got the cops on the way to my house, but they're just going to have to go away because mm. nothing happened. Mm. It's just happening in your mind. Mm. You know, so I just can't stand this 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 crap from yeah. the Guardian as usual. But it's you know? interesting though; they they can't fully go to town though because of of uh, of the time that's passed. You know, it was made mm. in 1974. Uh, oh, it was made before the, but like it's it's we're talking like before the event. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, but basically pr- prior to 2015 or whatever. Like, you can go, oh well, oh Ken Russell, no, oh, all right. You know, like, but anything after a certain point, whenever that is, you have to say, oh, well, it's rape culture and it's got to be banned and it's black and white morals and we're all the non-binary people, you know, but something about, yeah, as you say, the time and maybe it's everything. It's, it's the fact that she's Italian. So you can say, oh, it's her culture. She doesn't get it either. Either she doesn't get it or it's her culture. One of the two. And then th- the second one is, oh, well, it's, you know, it's, it's comes from an era when we mildly accepted you know art a little bit and now that's over if if it was an american director saying that stuff about cupid's arrows like they would be sneering at that you know oh yeah like like you can't you, because this is this is the unsayable though isn't it like she's saying the unsayable but at least like, she doubled saying, down i love it yeah. that this is the snoop dog you got to mm. do the snoop dog you got to say no <laughs> you know <laughs> fuck them holes that was me not do the friends creator and his four oh. mil <laughs> oh my god that that is so just as an aside uh so marty what's her name noxon or whatever Never heard of her whoever before this the friend woman <laughs> is worried about her racism and the fact that i don't know friends is too white like people on mm. friends and she's going to give four million dollars to buy a way out <laughs> of it who's she and giving it to blm no she should but she's she's giving it to um Let's give it straight think, to uh, princeton or something she's <laughs> She's giving it to some university or whatever, oh, really? but um, I think for them to do whatever it is, <laughs> whatever laundering they're going to do, but, but well, let's call it race laundering. But couldn't you just donate that without making a big song and dance about it? You know, you could. You could actually make. You could actually build a hospital um, in the worst parts of America, yeah. uh, or build a school. Uh, you could hire a fleet of teachers and pay them for the rest of their lives and say, the best teachers in the world, and say, I want you to teach in this poor part of America and I'll just say real lives. But no, no, no. She had to get in variety and say, and but that context, the world that their friends woman's living in and all that stuff is the reason this, you know, you can't have stories like this because this is, well, I guess what we're, what we're talking about here is, is a very upsetting, complicated uh psychosexual drama and you know if you apply any any moral sense to it it it, it doesn't it, it doesn't compute mm. you know yeah. um, but humans aren't rational they're not moral the, the world is crazy and i think what people like this guardian person want is propaganda mm. they want a kind of propaganda and like as you say um i, I don't know whether it was boring but it certainly is tough going uh, and 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 uh, really, you know, ugly in parts, and that makes it sort of your brain sort of switch off. I think in parts you just say, "Oh, come on." And uh, so I don't know. I just I I find this, um, you know, I was I, I was grateful after having seen. It, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like, wouldn't wouldn't it be great if we we made a movie like that now? Mm. Like, you know, 
Like you'd have to make such a big deal. No, you wouldn't. Like the closest we've gotten to these types of stories is Lars von Trier. So, um, in fact, we should do von Trier uh, and do, you know, yeah, Melancholia. But he did a film, uh, you know, the sequel to Dogville, uh, Mandalay, which I can't even describe it to you. In particular, it's 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 to call it uh, about race is a is a whole other thing. It's set in the South in America. It's all about Black Americans. It's like the I'm just going to blow your brain apart when you watch it. And he's about as close as you can get. But actually, good point. He said some off-the-cuff um, Hodowowski-like shock jock <laughs> remark at, at Khan about you know, understanding Hitler or something like that. And he was run out of town on a rail. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, it just totally destroyed him, like the blowback from that. And that's the difference is like there's something about the world and the way the way people can get to you now i guess like you know um through social media and whatever whereas Cavani in this movie she was able to do this and you know it would there might be maybe it was just time and space you could release this movie mm. and it would be it would see people would see it or they wouldn't or you'd only have a few cans of it it'd be getting around it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a storm mm. a twitter storm yeah Pe- people wouldn't dissect it up into tiny little little uh clips and and put it on tiktok and you know, <laughs> so all around social media you know right. but i think one i think that the scene that that really sums up like just the confusing relationship is when max their first encounter like in the hotel when max goes to her mm. room mm. and he kind of throws the table over and says what are you doing here are you trying to you know you're trying to do me in and then they just have this strange it's like that starts out as a fight and then they're laughing and they're crying and then they just you know they're in each other's arms and they're rolling around but they're fighting but they're not why did you come why did you come have you come to give me away have you did you did you why did you come why did you come why 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 I've read that they they did a lot of improvisation and a lot of rewriting and mm. between them and stuff and that I think is the strength of this movie is that their relationship is it's got this John Cassavetes like uh, immediacy and and uh, totally unpredictable and it's frightening and weird and totally accords with uh, the actors mm. that I've met in real life. <laughs> this is exactly the world they live in. 
laughing, crying. Yes, yes. You know, doing all of that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, like doing, like involved in a psychosexual relationship where there is no sex. Mm. You know, <laughs> yes. that where that's the creepiest thing. You're like, because because if someone has an affair or something, you go, oh yeah, yeah. This is the sort of thing. This is more real than real. This is like they love all the other stuff. Mm. They do, yeah. It's not even about the sex. They, <laughs> it's about it's about dropping strawberry jam on the ground like a, a jar, and then like stealing it from the other one. And they're like, no, like yeah. li- eating yeah, yeah, yeah. it, and like hungrily cutting her with the glass, mm. of the jar. cutting her with the glass. It's uh, you know, you know, just all sorts of stuff. That's what it's about. These kink, kinky games uh, <laughs> of power and control. You know? <laughs> Actually, that that Guardian writer is an idiot, because the 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 the, the way the story flips, it's simple. It's meant to be, you know, oh yes, a uh, 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 young young girl c- captured by the Nazis and, and you know controlled by this 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 Nazi, and he, that, that that their power game starts there. And then after, it's totally flipped. Yeah, she's, she's got all the power. She can and then he, whenever, yeah. She can bow whenever, but she can dob him he, in as well. Definitely, she can dob him in, mm. yeah. and then and then it's this sort of those two those two uh, situations through flashback are living side by side, and we get to uh, compare them. We get to go, oh wow, geez, that's you know, and uh, so it's it's weird, and and um, I think that uh, you do, I I think a good measure of someone should be their ability to, or at least a, a viewer should be your ability to live with these uncomfortable ideas and not and not um yeah not get triggered want to well it's get triggered or just like i don't know i feel like it's that thing of like it's like when you mention that you know you might say that masks don't don't work as well as they should or something and then the person you're speaking to goes they go what what and they go and then they're in their mind they're going all right gotta gotta take everything away from you gotta shut you down (laughs) Gotta destroy you, and you go. No, no, no. It's not that. It's we just. I'm just saying words. No, 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 no. Employer, I've emailed your employer. They know what you're about. Okay, Alex Jones. But the scene, the st- surely the standout scene. There's a couple of scenes involved because it like it's really just a collection of their grotesquerie. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So there's one scene, just a quick shot of like one of their early uh, love scenes. She's fully naked. All right. Uh, and he's just in his Nazi uniform, just just like randomly shooting a Luger. Mm. Yes, and yeah. she's like hiding from it. Yeah, yeah. which is just that amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Him pushing her head into his groin, mm. like yeah. into his into his Nazi pants. Yeah, yeah yet she you chooses know? to the next time. Yeah, like, well, you know. <laughs> You yeah. get a taste, and then you want it. You want it all, I guess. And then uh, the the standout scene is that Salome dance. So it's it's the poster shot. It's everything. So it's the yeah. scene where uh, she's in in her SS garb, topless. Leben, 
Ich kann nur sagen, ich liebe zu gefallen, wenn auch nicht immer liebe ich zu lieben. Ich weiß nicht was ich will und Say what you want about Nazi exploitation, but the iconography of of the Third Reich um, is weirdly horny. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, that's what the film these these because you've seen it, you've seen it a million times. You've seen like th that that stuff be appropriated into that sexy context, and I don't know why it's hot. <laughs> is is it mean, because it seems so strict? And then when you're, you're breaking out of that strictness, you know, like the, you just feel that they're repressed underneath and they're just horny. Well, they're ads. naughty. The girl, the girls, yeah. the thing about the, 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 the Nazi women was that they, because the men and you go, oh, yeah, well, I, they're pig men. Yeah, I get it. But the girls, the women, because, and this, this is sexism, obviously, because obviously, you know, you could say that women can do anything they want to do. However, traditionally, you would say, you would, you, you would go, oh, you naughty women. Like, you know, you naughty, naughty women. You just like, you, 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 you know, you were into it. It's like, it's like the wife of a serial killer and who helped him. You know, like she was, she was into it a bit. Yeah. Gislaine. Oh. Maxwell. Maxwell, yeah. Like she's not a serial killer, but but still, no. like you know, uh, it's the same sort of, same sort of deal. Uh, naughty women. But there is something weird about this whole group of Nazis. Like they were into some kinky shit because they also have that the ballet dancer that just yeah, kind what of the fuck dances around in his G string. That's that's never explained, which I love that they don't explain that. Like, <laughs> I just think it's great. Well, it's decadence. It's it's Nazi yes, decadence. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they were they were doing unnecessary experiments and yeah. just yeah, just getting lost in in their own world and yeah. saying yes. And now we will now we will will watch this this beautiful man <laughs> do a naked ballet. And yeah. you go, okay, okay. yeah, man, cool. <laughs> when are we going to take over the, another country? And they go, well, we'll get to the countries later. <laughs> what first? Sit down and look at those buns. And I'm like, okay, I see him. But 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 he still does these little shows in the hotel, seemingly just for himself. Because he, the, cause well, he was one of the one of the one of the prisoners, wasn't he? Oh, the, he the he's, a, he's a Nazi too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I couldn't tell. But is Max sucking his cock? <laughs> Let's get down to the probably. See, that's the question mm. that we need to put to Cavani. I don't care about the say. little girl stuff. She's my little girl. She's my little girl. What was the deal, <laughs> Max? You don't trust me anymore. You have changed. Thank you. I met her again. My little girl. You mean? The little girl from then. I found her again. I found her again. And no one must touch her. Who dream of touching her? Oh, Max, be careful. Before she could testify against you, you should file her away. I love her. What a madman. Oh, that scene where he talks about his little, little girl. Yeah. He's talking to Countess Steen. Now, is she or he an ex-male SS officer in transgender disguise? Is that is that what's going on here? 
just a just a it's just a frumpy frowline woman. It like, looks why like is a dude. Every woman it does. Who, Frank did ask yeah, but that. Some, no. But some middle-aged women just look like that. That's Handsomely. what that's. Well, it made me think of this because apparently there were former SS soldiers that underwent plastic surgery to avoid capture after the war. So that that was actually a thing. Like, you know, because all these SS guys, like a lot of them got away, but, you know, they were hunted, hunted, but to to try and bring them to trial. And, and, you know, most of them that were brought to trial got got the death penalty, but heaps, heaps got away. But, you know, that's one thing that that, that's probably not uh, outside the realm of possibility that someone I just took it at face value. She was the countess, right? Mm. Like at face value, well, she could be. A, look, that would be interesting, but there's not. I just couldn't see many clues other than the yeah, her voice or something. Like you know, don't know if that's enough. And was he sleeping with her too? She. It seemed like he was, and but then he was. He was like he obviously didn't like that, so he was getting the the. He hired a, a young guy right. to to sort of fulfill that service. Um, service. You know, to lay that pipe. <laughs> he just wasn't really done. into it either. He was just doing it for the cash, I think. That's right. And yeah, he that no, it's cash disgusting. Up front. Do you want the usual assistance? Mm. Go up to 42. She's waiting for you. I'll go to hell. I want to sleep. I'll go up later. You'll go now! Besides, I'm fed up with her, damn it. You asked for a month's wages in advance. All of it. I like people who honor their contracts. Okay, okay. And that perfume she wallows in is muck. Look, it may be some fancy brand, but it makes me vomit, really. Well, at least she doesn't smell of fried food like you do. Or uh, mouthwash. I don't smell of mouthwash. I'm dripping with Eleanor Rubenstein's eau de cologne for men. For men of distinction. It's disgusting, so... <laughs> you know, uh... And, and why, why was Max filming all the, the prisoners in... Oh yeah, so I got this. The concentration so camp. He was posing as a doctor. So when you first see him, you sort of think, oh, he's like a Joseph Mengele type, like one of these one of these creepy doctors. But apparently, and they say this in like the second or third scene, two of his creepy uh, Nazi mates just say it out loud. They just go, oh yeah, he was posing as a as a doctor. So he was he was more into photographic explorations. So that was his main deal. He was just a just a paper. <laughs> and uh you know really zeroes in on like i mean but it's ridiculous though you've got and look you know everyone they're all just normal people in in the in the camp but like it's all these normal you know just normal big gross bodies of old old people and then just charlotte (laughs) and you go come on it's cool this is ridiculous there should have been at least another couple that were yeah a couple of sevens Mm. you know and not old (laughs) <laughs> and it was, she did stick yeah. out like they did you know it was not it was not balanced <laughs> in that way well after that uh, scene where she does the, the song and dance uh, he he present Max presents her with a head mm. in a box, mm. which is the head of uh, one of her. That apparently she's being bullied by someone in the camp. And but is that? Do we see no. that? We never see that. No, it's just oh, told fuck. to us. I've I've read this and I'm mm. like I'm like, shouldn't we see mm. that? Yes, it would be better if we saw it. Yeah. Even the fishing scene would have been better if we saw it. 
I'm yes. never going fishing with anyone that asks me to go fishing. It always ends Especially in Especially not a, a, an SS officer. SS, mob boss. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's AJ's advice for the week. <laughs> not doing that. Your hand was a prisoner who used to torment her. She just asked me to have him transferred. I don't know why, but suddenly the the story of Salome came into my head. I couldn't resist it. Well, back back to the head in the box though. Like, is she into it when she when she uncovers the box? Like, I I can't I tell. She, is she I think she's like... mortified, and then she's like, okay. Then she gets a little wet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Look, I'm not gonna go. I just look. I think she's processing. Mm. She's like, it's she's clearly not into it. And then, but I think she's she's a she is into the concept of of the. Because think about it, she's been given the power of life and death mm. in a way, like and and uh, she's not and she's been spared. It's it's look, AJ. Have you ever? I mean, what do you think of a guy who's who's who's? I mean, isn't this a sign that he's really into you? Yeah, you know, he's killing like, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a little present for you, and you go, and it's this person who was really annoying at work, and you go, oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. Now he's dead. So it's like serial mum. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Look, I, I don't know. But it's but as you say, it's ambiguous. It's all ambiguous. It's all up for grabs. That's why this movie's upsetting, and this is why it's such an anomaly. We don't get these this type of movie. Like you know, I mean, it's a, this this type of relationship is something that um, Hollywood is terrified of. They're terrified of of this of the ambiguity of. It's got more in common with Crash, Cronenberg's Crash. Mm. Or something. It's 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 weird and upsetting, and you don't know whether they love it or hate it. I think these woke twenty twenty two audiences would see this, and they would only see the power dynamic. They'd only go, "He has all the power, she has none of the power, and this is one hundred percent wrong." You heard it from this idiot. I didn't yeah. think that they'd watch it because there isn't a voiceover at the start telling them exactly what's happening, telling them yes. exactly who these people are, what their relationship is, what. Um. <laughs> it's too. It's way too smart. So but it's all here in black and white. Uh, I confess to her that I can't share this view of the film. Lucia was a child when they met. She was abused, exploited, terrified. So uh, how can she? How can what she feels for Max be love? There you go. Like that. That is a uh, a, a a black and white re- representation of what they believe. You know, and um, you know this this is the other tale right here. The nuances of abuse and control. And you say, yeah, like. What a fucking bore you are. Like the like, movie would be shit without all of this. Yes, of course. <laughs> like like abuse and control, um, the good dream of what the bad do. Mm. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Let's let's assume, Mr. Guardian, that you are a really great person. <laughs> let's let's just say that you're the you're the best person ever, okay? That's on the table. Okay, you're the best person ever. And they, they go, Okay, good. And you go, Okay, now can we talk about this transgressive movie? Okay. Are you sure that you know I'm a good person? Yeah, I said it. <laughs> now, what about this? This 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 teenager falls in love with this Nazi, and then they have weird sex. And it is unsettling. You do feel <laughs> and it's unsettling for everyone, <laughs> and it's not good. And I'm not suggesting. Yeah, but people could they could go out and they could go out and do that. They could what? Find a Nazi? 
<laughs> yeah, it's possible. And you go, I, I guess it's possible, maybe. So these people are totally deranged. And I, I think the framework for watching a movie like this is completely gone. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Uh, oh, here's another quote from the director, which I thought was really great. It came from uh, Ricky, you sent through an interview uh, that, that um, the director had done. And she says at one point, what I'm saying is that the victim's stories can sometimes be controversial. They can be dark. It is because human nature is complex, sometimes far more complex than one would ever imagine. Now, part of the reason I guess we can't say this is exploitation is that she's done her homework. Mm. So she did a couple of documentaries interviewing, uh, uh, you know, survivors, if memory serves. Yeah. And and so she has, uh, you know, the bona fides to, to talk about this sort of thing. But here it is. She's saying something which you, I feel like printing and putting above my door. You know, she's saying human nature is complex, sometimes far more complex than one would ever imagine. I mean, isn't that, isn't that, that goes against everything we say today. Because mm. now you've got to say, based on someone's politics or something, or, or one little tiny part of their life, you've got them pegged. Yeah. You know, they voted for this person or that person. You go, I got them pegged. Isn't it more interesting to say, you know, that human nature is complex, you know, and 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 that we are contradictory and that we're trying to work our way through it, whereas we've entered such a black and white time, you know? I mean, we've had movies... I'll just finish this. We've had movies... I mentioned this before. We've had movies entirely cast with Latino and Latina actors. That's that one that came out recently in the Heights or whatever the fuck. It got roasted for not featuring the right ones. Yeah, <laughs> it got reached. It, so, so we've got we've got a movie that is like entire the, the the purity tests are nonstop. So, if the purity test is of all you had a hundred percent Latino and Latinas in there, but you did but you didn't have the right ones or some of the right ones, um, we're at, we are you are eons away from ever being able to go anyway. So there's this Nazi. <laughs> And he falls in love with this chick. <laughs> you know, like people, because we've ceded, it's the heckler's veto. We've given the all the power to the person who can potentially shut you down. Mm. Yeah. When really, you know, I, and I guess that the, the, the hack for this, rather than just say it's all terrible, I think is people should work cheap, work in Europe with little oversight, don't ask for permission, uh, Ask for forgiveness if you must, but don't apologize. Mm. <laughs> so I feel like if all those rules, you could maybe get something interesting, but it's the money mm. and the oversight and America that give you Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. Apparently this film made $15 million. Does that surprise you? It mm. does. That's a lot. Yeah. More, more than Zardos. <laughs> <laughs> How much was it Good shot point. for? I, I don't know. I, I couldn't find that It out. wouldn't have been much. Mm. No, it wasn't much. Look at it. It was just real location. Yeah. In fact, they, they actually ran out of money. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So they, they had to put together a rough cut of best scenes uh, that, that was then sent to an American colleague who, who worked at some French arm of United Artists. Uh, and based on that rough cut, the company agreed to pay for the filming of, of, of the rest of the, you know, to finish the film. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised. $15 million. Mm. Yeah, it's it, that's significant. I, it, you know, I mean, who, who's going to see it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe I think maybe the bad press gave it a little bit of 
publicity. You know, people went mm. to see it because, you know, we'll get into reviews later, but, you know, particularly in America, everybody hated it. <laughs> but it's a bummer. It's like you can't... It's not like a rollicking... Yeah, but not everything uh, has to be a a, a, a mm. romp, you know. No, it doesn't have to have to be a romp. But uh, <laughs> it's I just feel like a Nazi it was, romp. I don't think that I think the advertising lent into it being, like, because also it's not like non-stop horrors mm. like Salo. Yeah, like Salo is you know you you guarantee to be. Um, it's a laugh a minute. <laughs> you know, every second there's something you go, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. By by word or action, <laughs> it's dreadful. Whereas uh, this is, you know, it's it's unsettling and on a, on a, on another level. Uh, and you know, it's more, yeah. It's and and ultimately it's sad, I guess. Mm. You know, because they end up, but maybe kind of beautiful as well because mm. they went out together. Mm. I guess. <laughs> What do you, what's the deal with monocles? Does anyone know? I'll, I enjoyed so, it. I, only Nazis, only Nazi generals yeah. have them. Because there's a character in this in this film. He's one of the the band of Nazis, and yeah, he's got this monocle. I just don't know how he, how he's holding it there. Like, how does it? I think you have to. Yeah. Don't you have to squint well, a bit do, to keep it in? It's a lot Isn't of work. Isn't that so restrictive? Like, you wouldn't be able to raise both eyebrows. <laughs> you know, like mm. it would really restrict your facial expressions. And he seemed like a. Why wouldn't you just wear glasses? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is with the, mon- <laughs> the monocle. I can't. I can't answer that. But certainly, uh, there's no one wearing monocles in today's Keeper or Creeper. It's just a short one today. Uh, I just went straight for it. Let's let's go for it here. Just no just lube. one today to pick from. Uh, <laughs> Dirk Bogard as Maximilian Theo uh, Aldorfer. We don't ever hear that name. Uh, so, a couple of things. Refined, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think he's he's got a refined sort of quality, mm. pallid sort of look. Looks like he gets by on a diet of cigs and English breakfast. Yeah, tea. which I'm down for. I like that. I like that in a man. Okay, because <laughs> right. there's there's guys who 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 are in bands who sort of have yeah, that sort of thing definitely. Going on. So that's, I think that's kind the of yeah, it is what it is. Um, solid worker. Yeah. But he's on night he shift, is. so that's tough. And he'd be a prick to work with. He's not very nice. Yeah, he was attentive though. Yeah, that's true. Like he got people asked him for stuff, and he got it. Like you know, it's better service than I've gotten at office works. <laughs> uh, I think. Um, he seems reserved, somewhat, sort of. Yeah. But when he's in, he's yeah. all in. <laughs> all in. I mean, he's possessive at times. Yeah. Likes likes to know what you're up to. <laughs> Like to keep you chained up. Chained up. Yeah. He has military experience. True. He never saw action. <laughs> so that's that's a plus. <laughs> I think, you know. Um he was more in the medical field, so high prestige, away from the squalor. Uh, how to broach it. Maybe look, I'll just test the waters. Do you ever think uh, what we really need is the purity of our lineage? Because <laughs> if so, this is a match oh. made in heaven. <laughs> All right. So that's Max. Keeper or creeper? I don't like the anger. I feel like I'd oh, be he's, on, he's too angry. on edge a lot. <laughs> he's sort of like, uh, he's got that, that explosive mm. anger. Mm. So I'm going to have to turn him down, just based on that, really. 
<laughs> just on that. None of the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, none of the other Creeper. stuff. Creeper. <laughs> Actually, it's never really mentioned. They don't really go in explicitly into the whole Nazi thing. Like, they, like we see it, which is good. Show, don't tell. But it's never really addressed that he's a Nazi and how... Because normally you have to you have to address how into it they were. Mm. Like, was yep. he... Was he all about? Did he buy into the final solution? Is he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or was he one of these Schindler figures who's 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 not into it? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a little sign uh, when all the Nazis meet on top of the uh, on the on the roof of that building, and I think Max he does the the Heil Hitler, uh-huh. and then they all do it like fanatically. But then mm. his response afterwards, he almost like he rolls his eyes, you know, like. Mm. I get the feeling like he just did it as a little, you know, like like to get a rise out of them, and then he's mm. just like, "Oh, fuck you guys!" Like I feel like he's you know. changing. Well, they're all stiffs. They're all, they're all trapped in the past. Mm. You know, they're they're just sort of they can't get over it. Max is hiding a dangerous witness in his apartment, and he won't conclude his trial. It will be concluded. Max, we all want the same thing: to live as peaceful citizens. Each of us has a respectable profession. Even I have some honourable duties. If you had wished, you could have had another career. Look, Bert, if I choose to live like a... like a church mouse, I have a reason. I have a reason for working at night. It's the light. I have a sense of shame in the light. We are proud of having been officers of the finest corps of the Third Reich. And if I were born again, I would do exactly what I did. What is this mock trial they're having? I don't understand what this is. Well, I, I thought the mock trial was to try and and garner as much evidence as possible to see what was out there that was incriminating. That that's the, oh, like the a, read. I sort got. of like a te- a uh, prep. So yeah. if, if it ever happens, they'll know what to do, what to what what I to guess say. So. Yeah, that's kind mm, of that's what I thought. But yeah. All I could think of was mock trial with Jay. Don't. Ryan I was thinking the whole same. That's why I've been smiling. <laughs> <laughs> mock trial with Jay Ryan Hood. Mock trial with Jay Ryan Hood. American Idol singing. Will yes. Hung. <laughs> yes, this is the rest no of development. Idea what you guys are talking oh, about. Oh, that's so amazing. So, Arrested Development, Thank like you. season three yeah. or something. Like, so it's the late Arrested Development. <laughs> and they do a mock trial and. Uh, it just becomes a farce, and they get the guy, guy, a ridiculous guy from American Idol, to to sing the song, and you know, because it was going to be called, was it like they they got Judge yeah. Reinhold because they wanted him to be mock trial with Judge Reinhold, and then they then they then the joke is he wants to be called Jay Reinhold. He's going moving away from that, so it's mock trial with Jay Reinhold. <laughs> highest honor judge Reynolds. <laughs> that's so good <laughs> yes it is good Just, i'm gonna have that in my head for so long <laughs> all right you're down for some trivia yeah yep so according to writer and director uh liliana cavani rampling uh, declined doing another take of a fight scene between her and max because many of the blows he threw were real so we saw this in yes the, in the documentary as well, they talked about this that, that that she said she couldn't do a third take, and she had yeah. a really big smile on her face when she was saying that. 
That was the disturbing the part. The director. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is next level. It's it's the it was the it was the the female equivalent of Sean Connery's interview <laughs> from last week. Like problematic comments unabashedly said. It's gleeful. <laughs> she's like, Yes, oh they, like in all in Italian, but she's like, Oh, they couldn't do another take, you know, and you're like, Wow. <laughs> But but on on the other side of the spectrum, and I've and I've encountered this, you know, working in the theatre, some actors are so candy ass when it comes to on stage slaps and stuff like that that it just looks so fake. It looks so bad when when you know they should just toughen up a bit and just take one for the team. I've heard all sorts of stuff as well. I've had actors that'll be that'll say stuff like, I, "Oh, like I don't even like the." the the clap sound or whatever, like, you know, it'll damage my ears or whatever. No. Like, the fake ones they do and stuff. I've heard all sorts. <laughs> yeah. I've heard all sorts. It's it's really just, yeah, It's a, that's a pattern. Whereas game. these guys, these guys were next level. Like, like they were doing it because they wanted it to look real, you know. Mm. Well, it sounded draining for all. Like, apparently, but Dirk Bogart was like, I'm giving up acting after. Yes, yeah. Which oh. you know is big when someone says that. Like, because Bjork said the same thing after Dancer in the Dark. She was like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And she was done. I don't think she's done anything. Like she actually was done, and it was well worth it. It's way better than like so much other stuff people yeah, have done. Yeah. Well, my uh, only only other bit of trivia is that the film was banned, banned several times in Italy. When the director inquired why, she was told it was because rampling is on top during some of the lovemaking. Oh. So that Italy. apparently that's a no-no. <laughs> Italy, Italy laying down the law by Italy saying. There is only one place for a woman. There's only one place for a woman, and that is underneath, <laughs> you know, yeah. underneath a man, and not on top. Who does she? Think but she even is? that comes back to what you were saying before about the power, power shift. Yeah, true. Mm. Yeah, because I think that is that the only time you you really see them having sex is when she's and on the, top. And it was really frank as well. Like yeah. for the time, 1974. If you look at the American equivalents, there is nothing like the type of groin grinding that she's oh, yeah. doing mm. like it's next level sort of like you, you're just looking at her yeah. butt and she's like really working it you know <laughs> like a dancer and uh 1974 that's significant mm. you know because <laughs> that's one of those things because you can't have people doing that actually there was two uh, the other scene of the sodomy of the guy mm. getting rammed in the, oh, yeah. the concentration camp that was that was quite frank as well, like because normally, yeah, that wouldn't be. It was quite. It, we just it was on for ages mm. as well. Like, we're just watching yep. it for ages. So that, that was that was a scene in 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 the uh, concentration camp where mm. where it seems like the entire prison population is like sitting around watching them just fucking in a bed. Mm. But but I felt like a, a lot of those scenes, even with with Rampling, like that just. Uh, I think Max just loved the fact that the other prisoners were watching. You know. Because they were often yes. in the background just like, you know. But you've hit on the best part of this movie. And that is that, you know, who else was watching? We were watching. Yeah. So this is the the, the, the dirty secret of cinema is that it's like, oh, God, yeah, I can't believe he, he's watching those people watching that sodomy. And you go, yeah. And, I, and you know who I was watching? We're watching them <laughs> yeah. watching it. And you go, what do you mean? And you go, well, there's an invisible person in the room. And the camera is set up and we are literally that over the shoulder of these people, like just invisible. We are that people don't like to talk about this because it's complicity in, in what's going on. And I guess the way some people make themselves feel better is they're like, Oh, well it's a male gaze and you go, Okay, well, you know, 
you're still watching it mm. and you loved it. <laughs> Uh, so, like, the, 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 the cinema is built on voyeurism. It's, yeah. it, the very bedrock is voyeurism. And, uh, and, the, and it's always wonderful when, when, you know, you get people pointing cameras at each other. And it happens in this movie. And, you just, and yeah, you, you have that moment when you go, oh, that's terrible. I can't believe you'd be filming those people. And you go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and <laughs> so, yeah, this this movie does involve you in in, in uh, the buggery. Did Did you ever see that documentary? I, I can't remember what it's called, but this guy he had a hotel, yes, or maybe it was a motel, and for like <laughs> twenty years he would film. He, he'd yeah. have this whole space in, in the roof, yeah, where he would film what what everybody was doing. Yeah, so it was real life yeah. sliver. Yeah, it was incredible. What a good doco that was. Do you remember what it was called? No. And it used to be in one of my bookmarks. <laughs> That's how into it I was. You loved it so much. <laughs> I think it was a New Yorker article too. It was fantastic. I think it was on yeah. Netflix. All right, reviews. So Roger Ebert of oh. the Chicago Sun-Times thought the main roles were well-performed but nonetheless gave the film one star out of a possible four and called The Night Porter a despicable attempt to titillate us by exploiting memories of persecution and suffering. So Leonard Moulton's 2015 movie guide called it a sleazy, bizarre drama, awarding it two out of four stars. Uh, In the New York Times, uh, Nora Sayra praised the performances of uh, the two leads uh, and the dark, rich tones of the cinematography, but began her review by writing, if you don't love pain, you won't find the night porter erotic. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Camby, another uh, prominent critic from the New York Times, called it, a ro- uh, called it romantic pornography and a piece of junk. <laughs> and so junk. in her essay for the uh, Criterion Collection release, uh, Annette Inzendorf called The Night Porter a provocative and problematic film. It can be seen as an exercise in pervasion and exploitation of the Holocaust for the sake of sensationalism. On the other hand, a close reading of this English-language psychological thriller suggests a dark vision of compelling characters doomed by their World War II past. Provocative takes. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's love or hate hate it, really. Like, it's, you know, you either love it or you you don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point about the Nazi stuff, though. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's you know, there's always that question of whether it's ever appropriate to utilize, you know, Nazis, the iconography, whatever, for any other purpose other than to tell, you know, the Holocaust story. Mm. Um, and I, I think it depends on on the on the intent and the audience and what it's for. And you know, I guess the the crime of this movie is that it it's it's doesn't it, it although it uses the iconography, it's not about the Holocaust. Yeah, it's about human beings, and it's using. And yes, it is using those things, you know. And maybe on a, on a big enough canvas, it's saying, you know, uh, if this ever happens again, this this will re- repeat, you know. Like it's not about the, uh, you know, it could be set in any any horrible regime, uh, really. But it's it is using, you know, the one the one we know the most mm. from Twitter. <laughs> That's where I know it from. So where do you know where do you know Nazis from? Oh, Twitter mainly, isn't it? Like Donald Trump, Twitter that? Nazis. He's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. <laughs> January sixth and all that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. What, what, what happened? Or that'll be the sequel. It'll be it'll be AOC just getting <laughs> <laughs> AOC and the QAnon shaman guy. That's what it will be. <laughs> the I'd watch that. It'd be a good movie. All right. The Me Too Meter tonight. Uh, just a couple of big things. So, Liliana Cavini, 
first cab off the rank. She's the director of this movie. Now, this woman has either let down the sisterhood by making this perverse film about a woman who chooses to be in a sadomasochistic relationship or has written the first truly fourth-wave feminist film that celebrates the sex-positive kinks of a proto-boss bitch. <laughs> I, think, I think she should be given an honorary Oscar and cancelled. We'll call it the Will Smith combo. You are all at once a social justice saint and a complete despicable beast who must be stopped. I, I love it. So. I love the Will Smith <laughs> reference. I think we should we should talk about that. That that should be a thing. Yeah. Well, I I, I mean, it, what I like is that you know, in in that one move, he you are. Is there anyone who was more perfectly in an instant on the same night venerated into sainthood, social justice sainthood, and cancelled mm. at yeah. the same time, you know, and cucked? Yeah. But that's another thing. Uh, next up, uh, by the same token, Max may seem like an essentialized patriarchal cishet male allowed to reach the apex of his power and privilege in Hitler's army. Some have said that racial purity drove the Third Reich, but what we all know is that it is merely the end stage of toxic masculinity. The incels and abusers in training who watch Jordan Peterson are ushering in a similar era, and you should be very afraid, okay? Uh, clean your room is nothing to aspire, aspire to, clearly. Well, no one cleaned right. their room in this film. No, we've talked about that. The infamous scene involving Lucia dancing topless in SS attire is simply unacceptable. The idea of attempting to trick me into getting a chubby over Nazi-themed content is truly abhorrent. And what's worse is that it achieved its dark and dirty mission. I feel the half-mast rule should apply here, don't you? I mean, if it's only halfway, it doesn't really count. I think. Uh, so we've already talked about, you know, look... I. Bert, the gay ballet dancer, simply... Look, this is important, okay? We have no proof that the actor Amedio Amodio was LGBTQ+. Okay, so this is this is probably the, the biggest problem with the film. In the words of Tom Hanks, and this is from Deadline magazine about, about his role in Philadelphia, uh, quote, uh, Could a straight man do what I did in Philadelphia now? No, and rightly so, Hanks says. Uh, the whole point of Philadelphia was, don't be afraid... One of the reasons people weren't afraid of that movie is that I was playing a gay man. We're beyond that now. And I don't think people would accept the inauthenticity of a straight guy playing a gay guy. It's not a crime. It's not boo-hoo that someone would say we are going to demand more of a movie in the modern realm of authenticity. Do I sound like I'm preaching? I don't mean to. So, what? Here we have... <laughs> these are recent comments by Tom Hanks, Oscar-winning actor Tom Hanks, about his role in Philadelphia. Uh, authenticity is indeed the most important consideration when telling a story. Uh, we have no idea also if the Nazis portrayed in the film were actual Nazis. This type of chilling discrimination is too much to bear. Every Nazi deserves to see themselves in their stories authentically represented <laughs> on screen, I say. So, that's that. Tom Hanks is a loser. I, did you not know about I did know. this thing? I did know. Um, did he win an Academy Award for that? Yes, so, one, two, one for that. Is he going to give him back? Playing or? Yeah, that's mentally right. challenged Are you going to give him back? Person. Yeah. He won't. And I think his son is saying cooler stuff than him. <laughs> um, He's fucking whack. <laughs> he said on most recent one, he was on some show, some reality show, and the chick was 
like quizzing him on privilege or reparations like do you think that you don't owe anything to other people or oppressed people and he said let me think and he said oh no his name's fucking shit what do you expect well they <laughs> Rita and Tom picked that's what, it yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that was the best these two people come up with yeah. and anyway he's kind of great and he was like no and he shut it down <laughs> so that's that uh, anyway those are the charges um, I could go on there's a lot of other stuff it's very high on the me too meter I reckon it's a 10 because she's young yeah. and the power yeah Actually, yeah, all of that shit that that, that Guardian person said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. All of that. And they still reviewed the film, though. They got the, you know, like. Mm. But again, I don't think that... they'd review. If this film came out like yesterday, they wouldn't review it. Mm. No. We should take into account, though, that the power is with her. That should knock a couple of points off. I guess so, but I just don't think they'd see it that way. No. No. Well, I guess that, 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 that's, that, that was what I made in the first point. Like, you know. We're, and we can talk to Louise Perry about this on the new Flash, uh, in fact. Uh, but it, it's uh, she's an upcoming guest, and yeah, it's, it, the feminist cause is interesting because, yeah, particularly you know I, I don't know about reality really, but when we talk about art, I guess it, th- these these things have in, in, infected the art world, and you know people just need to make up their mind. Like you need to make up your mind. Like you know, e- either uh, again, like so, this director is either either abhorrent or what she's done is amazing like like so i because i actually don't know like the, and the whole point of louise's book um about the sexual revolution uh being a bust is that you know on, on one this whole sex positive thing uh or, or women have thrown out the baby with the bathwater they've in, in you know after the pill they've gone oh great like you know and, and, and suddenly we've got this this thing that women should like be trying to have sex like a man and then like um you know we've it's created yeah this whole weird sex positive thing and then like this kinks thing that's being run by by elite women at in academic circles and and institutions you know women who go sex work is real work and so the only women who say that are like able to do on only fans they're not they're not in a barrio where they have to where they have to have sex with 30 men this week you know so they can buy a bag of rice or something Mm. Like it's like you know what I mean. Yeah. So there's just it's a total it's a total mess. And and the point that I missed out this is the most important thing. They've hung everything on consent. So we only ever talk about consent. That's the only thing now. So the only reason you know the only thing that people talk about is consent because because they they've taken away any other moral um, uh, consideration. So you can no longer say oh well like you know doing you know having sex with 100 people is um you know morally not not great you know that you've got to say that's great because because sense experience is great you know what i mean so that's why a movie like this is is hard to to peg in the modern context i'm like well yeah i don't know what the fuck Mm. like you know like if you believe the sex positive crowd the ones obsessed with pegging and all this weirdo stuff like Maybe this is great. Maybe this is how you should live your life. <laughs> you know, like, cause, yeah, they're all, they, they, they think ch- like choking is empowering and stuff. You know, like they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, you know, like if I choose it, it's great. And you go, well, I don't know. Is it? You know? So, <laughs> uh, what do you think, Ricky? Are you on mute? I don't mute? know where to begin. All park? <laughs> no, I'm not on mute. Huh? No, I was joking. <laughs> hey? No, he was just soaking That's it all right. up, yeah. like gravy. He was just going... Mm, yeah. Just swimming in it. Saying, <laughs> swimming in it, saying yes. 
Tell me more about the way it works. <laughs> From someone who said, I don't know anything about reality. <laughs> yeah. I tell people that. I say this to people. Like, you know, the art world, I know a little bit about that. And uh, it's not good. All right. Yeah, I think it's pretty high. Nine. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty high. So what's on the cards for next week? Well, next week, I think we should uh, finish our Charlotte Rampling uh, set with Max Monomore which is about a married French woman who takes a chimp named Max to be a lover. Another Max. So we've gone from S&M to bestiality. So. Mm, yes, well, we only, we only cover the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we said what we said. Yeah, well, pretty offensive this time. <laughs> well, the Nazi, come on, you can't, Nazis are never going to not get you in trouble. It's true. When was a nice, you know, show about Nazis ever happened? All right. Until next time, long live the new flesh. Heil Hitler. Oh. <laughs> Dreadful man. Do you ever think oh, what we really need is the purity of our lineage? Then she gets a little wet.